speaking on the subject the principles and practice of dominion the principles and practice of dominion and our anchor passage remains Genesis chapter 1 verses 26 to 28 which says then God said let us make man in our image according to our likeness let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Dominion is God's primary purpose for mankind. When he hatched the idea of making man in the image of God, he said, let them have dominion. That means to have dominion is man's original purpose in God. To have dominion is man's original purpose in God. And quite a lot has already been shared over the past six days during our 8th anniversary celebrations conference. And as we wind up on the anniversary celebrations, I want us to have a quick study of the principles and practice of dominion. And these principles are five of them. Number one, the principle of source. The principle of source. Number two, the principle of service. The principle of service. Number three, the principle of sight. The principle of sight. Number four, the principle of sound. Sound. And number five, the principle of submission. The principle of submission. We have so far looked at the first three principles. The principle of source. Where we are saying that we cannot manifest dominion unless and until we hook up with God. Unless and until we are yielded to God. Because the source of our dominion is God. And if we want to source more and more dominion, then we must remain connected to God. And the master put it in terms of abiding in him. John chapter 15, verses 4 to 5. 
John chapter 15, verses 4 to 5. Abide in me, and I will abide in you. And the result is that you shall bear much fruit, because without me, you can do nothing. So without God, there is no dominion. And so, the kind of connection that we are talking about is not just about us receiving Jesus as our Lord and personal Savior. It is really about us yielding ourselves to his Lordship. Lordship. And when we say that someone is Lord, it means that he is the one in control. He is the one in charge. So to submit to the Lordship of Jesus will mean that you have to suspend your priorities and preferences in order to give space to his priorities and preferences. He is not just a savior, he is supposed to be a master. And we did mention in the first service that for so many people, Jesus is only a savior and not a lord. Because he is not having lordship over the affairs of their lives. Their inclinations are not those of Christ. Their priorities are not those of Christ. Christ has very little say on the affairs of their lives. They received him as a savior, but they are failing to make him the Lord or to allow him exercise lordship upon their lives. That is why we still have Christians today that are quarreling in their marriages. That is why we still have Christians today that don't pay tithe and don't give to the work of God. That is why we still have Christians today that are still playing with sin. They are not as committed to the righteous standards of God. They have received Jesus as their savior. He forgave them of their sins. But they have not allowed him to be the master. The Lord. Such people should be reminded. Acts chapter 2 verse number 36 the Bible tells us that Jesus Christ is both Lord and Christ. He's both the Savior and the Master. It's one thing to receive him as Savior. It's another to accept him as your Master. To what extent has Christ rulership over your life? To what extent? To what extent do you yield to the dictates of the master, to the demands of the Lord, in righteousness, in holiness, in soul winning, in prayer, in fastings, in word study, to what extent have you lived your life according to the word of God? Because that is the foundation of dominion. Yielding yourself to the Lordship of Jesus. Abiding in the Master. Being rooted and built up in Christ Jesus as you were taught. 
is the true foundation of true genuine dominion. A man who does not abide in Christ is a man without authority. He's a man without dominion. He may be speaking, but nobody listens to him. That devil said to the sons of Sceva, Jesus we know, Paul we know, but who are you? They were speaking words, but their words did not carry weight in the sight of demons. Jesus we know, Paul we know, but who are you? And they were chased out of that place naked by a demon because they were not abiding in Christ. Beloved, you may be in church, but are you in Christ? You may be in church, but are you in Christ? Are you in Christ? If any man be in Christ, it's not just about receiving Jesus as your Lord and Savior by just mere confession. It is about making him your master in reality. Oh, I received Jesus as my Lord and Savior. But when you look at the life of this fellow, there is nothing like Jesus exercising lordship over her. Lordship over him. It's not just a confession you make. It is something that must happen in reality. So many people in church accepted Christ as their Savior. But not many of them have made him their Lord. That is why they are still holding on to certain habits. Habits they know they are making Jesus angry, but they continue holding on to them. They continue upholding the traditions of men, the philosophies of men, instead of yielding themselves to the word of God. Psalm 119 and verse number 9. How can a young man make his way pure? How can a young man make his way pure? It says by taking heed according to your word. That is lordship. Jesus exercising lordship over your life. You are submitted to God. That is you are his subordinate. A subordinate is someone who submits. So many people are not subordinates. Because they are not submitting to God. They are not yielded to his lordship, to his mastership. Number two, the principle of service. Where we are saying that your dominion in life is packaged in your assignment. Because everyone on earth was born to fulfill purpose. Each one of us has got a mission to accomplish. We did not come on earth just to waste God's oxygen. We came to add something to our generation. We came as contributors and not consumers. We came to contribute and not just to consume. We came as producers and not consumers. Service here speaks of your assignment. Your products and your services. And nobody is without products. Nobody is without a particular service. You came to render service. There is something God wants you to accomplish. 
you better discover it soonest so that you don't waste yourself. Unless you discover your assignment, your dominion consignment may not be delivered. It is when a man understands his assignment that God delivers dominion to him. Be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth and subdue it. That was God's assignment for male and female in order for them to have dominion. Everyone has an assignment. It is when you are multiplying in your assignment. It is when you are increasing in the rendering of your products and services that you are said to be a man and a woman of dominion. It was quite a discussion. Point number three. The principle of sight. The principle of sight. Where we are saying that what you see determines your size. What you see determines your size. What you get out of life depends on what you see in it. <laughs> God said to Abraham, Genesis chapter 13, verses 14 to 15. Genesis chapter 13, verses 14 to 15. He said to Abraham, after the Lord had separated from him, lift your eyes now and look from the place where you are, northward, southward, eastward, and westward. Verse 15. For all the land which you see, I give to you and your descendants forever. All the land. God had all the land. For Abraham, how much land? All the land. All the land. But the portion, hear this, that he committed himself to give to Abraham was in accordance with what Abraham was able to see. I mean, I have 100 hectares for you, but if you, all you can see is 10 hectares, that's what I will give you. He says, all the land, as far as your eyes can see. If you don't see it, you can't get it. If you don't see it now. So begin to see yourself dominating in your field. Begin to see yourself dominating in, the, in your industry. Dominating in your industry. Dominating in the areas of your profession. Begin to see yourself. Don't just be a lawyer. Be a leading lawyer. Ah, don't just be an accountant. Be a leading accountant. Don't just be a pastor. Be a leading pastor. Hallelujah. Now hear this. Who is this man, Abraham, that God is talking to here? Let's get to Genesis chapter 12, verse number 1, going into 3. And the Lord has said unto Abraham, Get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. Now hear this. Verse 2. I will make you great, or a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a what? A blessing. He said, I shall make your name great. 
But you see, Abraham had to see it that way. Abraham had to see it that way. Abraham had to see the greatness, the blessings that God was talking about. And that is why he says to him in that Genesis chapter 13, verses 14 to 15, Boy, open your eyes. See. Now. 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 From where you are. From where you are. See. See. From where you are. See. Now. It says, lift your eyes. When? Now. 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 Look. Look from where? From the place where you are. Don't tell me how small you are. Right in your smallness, begin to see your big size. Oh, yes. Begin to see yourself changing levels. Begin to see yourself changing levels. I'm an assistant accountant now, but I see myself becoming a chief accountant. I see myself becoming, you envision it. You dream it. You figure it out. You visualize it. You visualize it. It is what you visualize that revolutionizes your life. There's no revolution without visualization. And we are talking about imagination. By sight here. When we, say, when we talk of sight, see it, we are saying imagine it. Form mental pictures of where you want to be. Lest you are tormented. You form mental pictures so you are not tormented in smallness. If you see small, you will become small. If you see small, what do you get, sir? You get small. Begin to see yourself changing levels. Begin to see yourself building 20 units of houses. 30 units of houses. 50 units of houses. In Blanta, in Lilongwe, in Zomba, in the districts. You're building houses. You can start with one, but see yourself building 10, building 15. Don't just see the house that you want to live in. That is selfishness. Don't be selfish in the way you see, in the way you look. Just look, look, look. Tell your neighbor, look, 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 look. Some people are not seeing anything. All they see is a husband who is giving them problems. That is what they see. See yourself setting up that business. Employing 10 people. Employing 20 people. Like in this church, sir. What we see is that not long from now, maybe in the next decade or so, we are going to be among major employers of labor in this country. Major employers of labor. I was excited when I got the statistics of one, one of the churches around that has global presence around the world. They have in one place at their international headquarters 25,000 employees. Talk of lecturers, Hospital people, teachers, want, put all of them together, 20 something thousand. That is dominion. We are going to be one church in this country that is going to be 
a major employer of people, a major employer of labor. We are not just here, sir, to help you talk in tongues. We are also creating employment. And you will see it very soon. Sir, don't think we will not get there. We are going one step at a time. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. One step at a time. Can't you see we are making progress? We are going somewhere. Sir. Very soon we are going to have a television station with full-fledged staff, radio station, full-fledged staff, industrial-scale publishing house with well-staffed everything in place and what? Yeah, schools, universities, clinics in every district. There's going to be a clinic with well-qualified people. Schools, secondary school in every district. Regional hospitals in all the four regions of the country. Regional hotels. Lecture resorts where you can go and relax with your spouses as part of your romance program. <laughs> and somewhere along the way we are setting up a bank, a commercial bank. With fully fledged bankers, the chief executive is going to be a well-qualified woman. Oh, yes. Women empowerment. Hallelujah. I can't even talk of pastors. There is coming a time when this church will have over 10,000 pastors worldwide. Fully supported by the church. Fully supported by who? By the church. What are you talking, pastor? I'm showing you what I'm seeing. And no devil can stop it. Whether you will be around or not, others will see it. See. Now, hear this. How do you see? That is what we didn't talk about in the second service. How do you see? How do you see? Now, hear this. Please, two things are important here. Number one, see through the revelation of scriptures. See through the revelations of scriptures. In other words, let your mental pictures about your tomorrow be informed by the scriptures. Let your mental pictures about your tomorrow be informed by the scriptures. In other words, what you see in the word of God about you is what you should dream. Don't dream what you see in the nation. Because our nation has nothing really to see. That should inspire people. So get your inspiration from scripture. If the scriptures report that somebody did something good and you like it, Begin to dream it. When you read, for example, the testimony of Elijah, that he was able to know what the president in the state house was discussing with his wife. He was able to pick it. Don't you think that is something to dream about? 
as something that should happen to you as a minister. The Lord gave me grace. I'm looking forward to the day when I will know what cabinet ministers are discussing with their spouses. <laughs> what the president is discussing with his wife. I will pick it. Not by human information, but by divine communication. Elisha lived in that realm. At a point, Elisha could see chariots of fire all around him. Which thing his servant could not see. Don't you think you should be living in that realm where you don't just see the physical, you are also able to see the spiritual. You are moving and you are driving about. All you see are not just physical cars and human beings. You also see your car surrounded by chariots of fire. That is a realm that Elisha lived in. He had two eyes. Or two sets of eyes. He had a set of physical eyes. And he also had an extra set of spiritual eyes. Physical eyes gave him access to physical things. Spiritual eyes gave him access to see what was happening in the spiritual realm. Those are the things to dream about. Those are the mental pictures that you must have about the destiny you carry. When you read of Abraham, that the man was very rich in livestock, in gold and in silver. Don't you think that can be and should be your dream? When you read an account and a, te a testimony like that, that the man had a private security company. That was well staffed with well qualified people that were able to fight against armies of nations. And yet this was a private security team trained by Abraham himself from among his house workers, the children of his house workers. And there were 318. That means Abraham had how many house workers? That could produce at least 318 to be trained as soldiers. Others could not be trained because they were probably women. That time they could not pick women. They only took young men. These were 318 young men. How about the girls? Meaning that this man Abraham had a large workforce. Those are the things you begin to dream about. So these are pictures derived from scriptures. Pictures derived from scriptures. As you read the scriptures, you derive pictures for your mentality to shape your mindset. That if this is what it means, I'm going there. Don't think the Malawian way because you end up stinking. Think scripturally. How must you think? Think scripturally. If you don't want to expire. Many times when you look at people and what they say and do in this country, you get the feeling that what they are trying to say is, we cannot do better. We cannot do better. So I refuse to be a Malawian. I have chosen to be a Havenian. So the way I operate, I don't operate like an average Malawian. That is why my life remains a mystery. Like this year now, I'm writing how many books? 35. 
How many books am I writing? Three, five, sir. But I'm also preaching to you. And what I am preaching to you, if, 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 if you are not jealous, you will agree with me now, hear this, that it is research-based. It's not that I'm just talking. I've done some research. Research of scriptures and research of other materials. So that it makes sense to you. There are some people here that are PhDs. They are doctors. They are highly educated. But when they sit here to listen to me, what I say makes sense to them. Why? Because I do research. Praise the name of Jesus. I do research. I don't just come up with, hey, hey, let me preach. You are above Malawi. I said you are above what? You are above this country. You are above. He who is from above is above all. John 3.31. John 3.31. I am above. I am above this city. I am above this nation. I am above. So I refused to allow the Malawian mentality to swallow me. You see in this place, our functions start on time. If it is 9 o'clock, believe you me, whether there are 2 people or 200 people, the function will what? Start. That's here, sir. That's not a Malawian mentality. A Malawian mentality says something that starts at 9, it will in reality start at 10.30. Not here, sir. Not here, sir. Change your mindset. Embrace the scriptural mindset. The scriptural mindset. Your mental pictures about your tomorrow should be derived from the scriptures. But the scriptures will not benefit you if you don't study them. If you have no time to spare for the scriptures, your mental pictures cannot be informed by the scriptures. Are you giving me John 3, 31? King James, King James, quickly. He that cometh from above is what? Above all. He that is of the earth is earthly and speaketh of the earth. We are not earthly, please. We are not what? He who is born of the spirit is what? Spirit. His spirit. We refuse to behave like Malawians. An average Malawian thinks that he is so poor that he needs help. That's an average Malawian. That's why they gang around, they gather around politicians, dancing, because after that, they'll be given 100 questions. Shut up! Open your eyes! You are better than that! Tell your neighbor, I'm better than that, I'm better than that. We have to change our mindset. Let us begin to see the way God wants us to see. Jeremiah 1 verses 11 to 12. Jeremiah chapter 1 verses 11 to 12. Listen to this. The Bible says, moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me. You see, every time God will give someone an assignment, he will cause his word to come. Because it is his word that changes our world. It is his word that changes our world.
Jerry. What seest thou? And I said, I see. So his reaction to what he saw was not guesswork. He really saw it. What did he say? A rod of an almond tree. Verse number 12. Then said the Lord unto me, Thou hast well seen. You have seen well. You have seen well. To see in line with the word of God is to see well. To see in line with the scriptures is to see well. If all you are seeing is what Malawians are doing, you are not seeing well. There are things that people in the Bible did that God wants you to do in your generation. And when you begin to see in line with those things, then you are now into serious business of seeing correctly. You have seen well, therefore your life will be well. Now, life can never be well unless you begin to see well. Life can never be well unless a man begins to see well. Hey, I don't think I'll be married. Hey, men are very difficult. Hey, hey, hey. Shut up. Begin to see well. There are some men that are good. Like the man that uh, my wife calls husband. I don't give trouble to my wife. If you don't believe me, ask her privately. She, I have nothing in my character for her to enjoy. She's only enjoying everything. It's all enjoyment, no endurance. You see, she's saying amen. Now, that amen is not for fear of reprisal after service. It's a genuine amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. The principle of what, sir? Sight. Begin to see. Begin to see. Begin to see. Begin to see. When I see, when I look at things, I always see them beyond this nation. Beyond. So, the things we're going to do in this country. By the way, thank God for people that are doing ministry elsewhere. My ministry is here, sir, in this country. I'm not going anywhere. I can only go for apostolic visits. That I will be doing to Japan, Germany, to visit our churches in the U.S. But sir, the international headquarters of PICC is going to be here in the longer here. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And God has graciously given us 11.5 hectares. We are believing him that we will add some more land to it. Amen. We're going to set up there massive international headquarter establishments for the church. Because there is something good in this country. That's, that is what I'm telling you. There's, tell your neighbor, there is something good in this land. The only challenge is that the people of the land are blind to the good that is in the land. 
But when people from other countries come here, because they come with open eyes, they say, <laughs> but Malawians are blind. Tell your neighbor, I refuse to be blind. I read the statistics of one ministry in one of the African countries. The city where that church is, is far away from town. It's a small town, for example, like Jew, with not more than 60,000 people. But that church has over 20,000 members in that small town. The last time I checked the statistics of Lilongu Aban, I saw that we are well over 700,000. Lilongu Aban alone. So it is not acceptable for us to have only 2,000 people here. It is not what? Acceptable. If someone in a 60,000 population city has over 20,000 members from that city and we are living in a town that has over 700,000, why should we have only 2,000 people? It's not acceptable. We must reach 40,000. And we will reach 40,000. That is what I'm seeing. You cannot stop me from seeing. Can you stop me from seeing? Every blindfolding power that is blinding your eyes, that you are not able to see correctly, I destroy it in the name of Jesus Christ. I destroy it in the name of Jesus. I destroy that power in the name of Jesus. Please, can I hear loud a shout of amen here? Hallelujah. Let's look at principle number four. It is called the principle of sound. Life can never be sound without sound. Life can never be sound without sound. Without sound. What do I mean by sound? Child of God, sound speaks of prophetic decrees. The art of confession. Or call it the art of speaking. God, the creator, created using sound. Let's get to Genesis chapter 1. We are reading the whole of it, time permitting. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, what did God do, sir? He produced sound. The sound of light. Let die. Be light. That is what we call sound. 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 If you want dominion, sound it out. Sound it out. Say it. Declare it. Speak it. Before you can pick it. And remember, when God said in verse number three, verse number four, God saw. <laughs> Have you said it? When God said it, 
In verse number three, in verse number four, he saw it. God said, let there be light. And God saw the light. And God saw the light. You never see dominion in any field unless and until you say it. It is when you say it that you are entitled to see it. That is why this is a talking church. And this is a talking pastor. I talk. I talk. I speak. I talk. And I speak big things. I speak big things. Because our God is big. So we are not permitted to speak small. Hallelujah. A time is coming in this church. When our Sunday offerings will take us one week to count. It will take how many weeks? One week we are still counting. We'll be calling them on, on Thursday. Have you not finished? Say, no, we are here. No, 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 no. Then you have to work in shifts. Because you have to finish. Hallelujah. Amen. I said hallelujah. Amen. We are going to be so rich in this church. So rich. So what? Rich. If you have never seen a rich church, watch. You will see it here. When we meet for our minister's conference, it will be like there is a meeting of Sadiq Heads of State Summit. That is the truth. Looking at the magnitude of the meeting, it will be like a regional summit of heads of state. I'm talking, speaking. Hear this. When you read through all the 31 verses of this chapter, you will never see where it is written and God complained. If you see it, let me know the version of the Bible you're using. But mine has nowhere where it says, and God complained. So that's why you will never hear us complaining. You will never hear us complaining. If you, you expect that we will complain, you will wait forever. You just complicate yourself because we don't complain here. God said. God said. And what he said, he saw. Now hear this. Look at verse number six. Then God said. Verse number nine. Then God said. Verse number 11. Then God said. Oh my God. Verse number 14. Then God said. Verse 20, then God said. Verse 24, then God said. Verse 26, then God said. What's the conclusion? Hebrews 11, 3. Hebrews 11 and verse number 3. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that the things which are seen were not made of things to appear. Of things which do appear. Of things which do appear. No. God said. He used words to frame the words. 
He used words to frame the words. We understand that the words were framed by the word of God. By the word of God. Put the word of God in your mouth. Proclaim it. Declare it until your dominion. In that field is established. Whatever your profession is, become a leading personality in that profession. Become a leading, a leading, a leading personality. Whether it is MC ship, wedding MC. People should be able to say, ah, if you want this to be a serious wedding, that's the lady who should be the MC. You have made a name. So this thing we are talking about is cross-cutting. It transcends all industries and professions. It doesn't matter where you find yourself in profession. Be a leading personality. Whether at departmental level, be a leading personality at departmental level. If you're a student, be a leading student in your class. You should not be the one failing exams when there are so many others that should be failing. Not you. Ah, pastor, if you all pass, who is going to fail? Okay. If some people are going to fail, should it be you? If some people are going to be poor, should it be you? Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. I said hallelujah. What I see is that you are going very far. Everyone under the sound of my voice is going very far. In the name of Jesus. The principle of sound. Whatever happens in your life, positive or negative, is determined by what you say. Whatever happens in your life, both positive or negative, is determined by what you say. Please get this straight. Your mouth is a weapon of authority ordained by God to keep you in perfect and perpetual dominion. Your mouth is a weapon of authority ordained by God whose function is to keep you in perfect and perpetual dominion. Things are working for me. Doors are open on every side. I am a success. I am a head and not a tail. So far, you have been having prayer sessions. You need to add another session to your prayer session. It is called a talking session. What is it, sir? A talking session. After you have finished praying, now engage in a talking session for another one hour. You confess what you believe belongs to you. I'm subduing the earth. I'm subduing my nation with the power of God. My product, my businesses are going to be everywhere in this country. In the name of Jesus. In the name you speak, you announce regardless of what is happening presently. Now hear this. When God said, let there be light, what was the situation on the earth? What was the reality on the earth? Genesis 1 and verse number 2 was the reality. Genesis 1 and verse number 2. The Bible says, And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was everywhere. Darkness was everywhere. So it's not about where you are. In any case, God said what? Look from the place where you are. 
Genesis 13, 14. Look from the place where you are. Genesis 13, 14. Look, look from the place where thou art. Look from the place where thou art. Look from the place where thou art. Looking should be done from where? The place where you are. The place where you are is a place where you have no land. You are a landless fellow, but in your place of landlessness, begin to see land. Begin to see land. Beloved, you can't be hearing a message like this and you remain struggling. Then I will deliver you heavily. Because this message should already be delivering you. Hallelujah. Can I say this? Nobody here is permitted to be small. I said you are not permitted to be small. I said you are not permitted to be small. In the mighty name of Jesus. My time is up. But let's look at how to say it. How do you sound it? The sound that you produce. How must it be done? So let's look at procedures for sound production. How do you produce sound? Number one, say it in line with the word of God. Whatever you are sounding should be scripturally based. Scripturally based. Say it in line with God's word. As a believer, the basis of whatever you say must be the word of God. Never confess your feelings. Always confess the word of God. Whatever your heart desires, as long as it is covered in the word of God, say it out. Declare it. Confess it until you possess it physically. Number two, say it consistently or continually until there is manifestation. Say it continually. Psalm 35 verse number 27, the Bible says, let them say continually. Say it consistently or continually until there is manifestation. In other words, keep saying what you desire until there is physical realization of the same. Point number three, how do I sound it? Number one, do it in line with the word of God. Number two, do it consistently. Number three, say it boldly. Say it boldly. Say it boldly. Acts 14 verse number 3. We are talking about bold speaking. Bold speaking. Number 4. Say it in faith. Nothing doubting. Say it in faith. Nothing doubting. Mark eleven twenty-three. James 1 verses 5 to 7. Say it in faith, nothing doubting. Mark eleven twenty three, James chapter 1, verses 5 to 7. Number 5, say it unashamedly. Say it unashamedly. Don't be ashamed about what you are saying. People may laugh at you, but keep saying it. Romans chapter 1, verse number 16, for I am not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Say it unashamedly. You are not ashamed about the matter. You keep declaring, saying it, 
Let those that want to laugh, laugh at you, but you're going to have the last laugh as you continue saying it. You say something like, I'm possessing three houses this year. I'm possessing three houses. People may laugh at you. Look at your house where you are living now. It has no electricity, no water inside. Water is outside. Toilet is outside. It's a pit latrine. And they are laughing at you. But you say, I'm possessing three houses. I'm possessing three houses. Now, you possess out of revelation, isn't it? It has to be according to the word of God. That means it must have been revealed to you. By the Holy Ghost through the scriptures. So you stand on it. You keep announcing it. Until there is change. Hallelujah. The last one is the principle of submission. Can we talk about it briefly? Or call it mentorship. The principle of mentorship. Behind the greatness of every great person is great contributors. Are great contributors. Behind the greatness of every great person are great contributors. People that contribute to the greatness of a person. And among them are what we call mentors. That those that want to make a difference must submit to. Every field has got people that have done well in that field. In every field, there are people that have done well in it. And those are the people we call mentors. Those are the people we call mentors. Now, I want us to know that the Lord our God is a great advocate of mentorship. He's a great advocate of mentorship. He believes in it. We saw that in Isaiah 51, verses 1 to 2. He believes in it. Matthew eleven twenty nine. he believes in it. Hebrews chapter 6, verses 11 to 12, he believes in it. Be followers, be followers, be followers, be followers, be followers, be followers of those who have a record of success. Give me Hebrews 6. Be followers of those that have a record of success. <laughs> Verse number 12. And that ye be not slothful, but followers of them. Can you imagine? That the Bible says be a follower of some people who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Be followers of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. It says look unto your father Abraham. That's Isaiah 51, verses 1 to 2. Look unto your father, Abraham. Look unto your father, Abraham. Look, 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 look. In other words, follow all the good things Abraham did. And you will have all the good things that Abraham enjoyed. It was Jesus who asked the people. He said, if you are the descendants of Abraham... You would have done the works of Abraham. You would have done the works of Abraham. You would have done the works of Abraham. To be without mentors is to invite tormentors. 
And the greatest undoing of this generation is lack of mentorship. It is a mentallessness generation. Mentallessness is the reason for the frustration, the strandedness of our generation. Everyone thinks he's a big man, big mama. No one wants to submit to anybody. But when you look at the word of God, you'll find out that the issue of mentorship is a major, major practice. And there are two major types of mentors. You have spiritual mentors and career mentors. Those are the two major types of mentors. Spiritual mentors and career mentors. And usually spiritual mentors are all around us. They can also help you in your career without necessarily being experts in the field because they have the Holy Ghost inside of them. A man of the spirit can tell you, though you are an expert business personality, he can tell you that, please, don't venture into this. Don't venture into this kind of business. You do it this way, do it this way. Do it. Does that mean he's a consultant? A business something, something? No. But because he's a man of the spirit. That is why pastors must go to school. They must learn. Hallelujah. The, the ministry of today is not just about rub, 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 rub. after you have done that, sir, you need to give people principles that they can apply in their daily life. Economists should be able to get something from what you are saying for them to apply in their industry. So, I feel sorry for pastors who run away from education. Because they cannot go far. Don't be a village champion. Did you hear what I said? Don't be a what? A village. Some people are village champions. Village champions. When they go to town, he's not a champion. He's a small boy. But he will be pushing everybody in the village. I'm a man of God here. Yeah. Man of God. Man of God. <laughs> Hallelujah. If you pass in those days, sir, I hear now they are what they call clusters and what. But in our time, we would write mock in our individual secondary school. You remember? You would write what? Mock examinations. So they used to mock you with exams. <laughs> Hallelujah. In preparation for Manable exams. Am I right? These mock exams are set by the school, the local school. Eh? So, if you pass seven points in mock exams, don't over-celebrate. And maybe number two to you is 16 points. Don't think you are far away from the rest. Because there is what? General Manable exam. Where you, that you are calling yourself intelligent, will compete with someone from Box 2, someone from Chaminade then, I don't know now, Robert Blake and other bigger, bigger secondary schools that time, popular ones that were producing quite brilliant students. Now, you will discover that you that were seven points in the mock exam, you are 21 points in the exam. 
That is why I said, don't be a local champion. Don't be a village champion. How are you going to perform if you compete at higher level? Mentorship gives us ladders on which to climb on our way to the top. Mentors are ladders on whose shoulders we climb in order many times to stand taller than them. Because if you are climbing on my shoulders, you are going to see far than I can see. Because you are higher than me. But your height is premised on the fact that you stand on my shoulders as a mentor. I've got so much to say, but we'll stop here. I believe we can have this talk again next time, just on mentorship. Because mentorlessness is the reason for the torment of so many people. Mentorlessness. Rise on your feet. Hallelujah. Lift your hands, everyone. Please, let's bless God. Let's bless the Lord. Let's celebrate him. Celebrate Jesus, everyone. Shalakatala bazutali katala bahuta. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' precious name. Hallelujah. There are two approaches to mentorship. So if you want to be a mentee of some mentors, you need to be aware of this. There's what we call direct mentorship where you actually sit one-on-one -on -one with your mentor and you transact, you speak, you discuss issues. But most mentors are too busy because they have so many people to mentor. That's the truth. And so there's what we call indirect mentorship. Indirect mentorship is where you get the assistance of a mentor through his materials. Books, teachings, CDs, DVDs. So you sit down to read his books. What are you doing there? You are being mentored by your mentor. You listen to his teaching CDs. The things he's talking about. You get instructions from there. And if you come to a place like this and I am your mentor, the things I say, you take them seriously. You look forward to listening to your mentor all the time. Oh, pastor is preaching. My mentor is preaching. So you pay maximum attention. Or if you hear that your mentor is preaching somewhere, time permitting, resources permitting, you make efforts to get there. So your mentor will see you, for example, in Kasungu. Ah, you've got me. Yes, sir, you're my mentor. I want to hear you all the time. 
You are never tired of hearing your mentor. Now, to say that someone is your mentor, and yet you have no time to read his books, for example, to attend his meetings, or to listen to his teaching CDs, and what, and you call that person your mentor, you are lying. Or you don't know what you're talking about. You don't know what you're talking about. You are being tormented because you have no mentors. To have a mentor is to escape what? Torment. If you are struggling in a particular area of life, hear this. Look for what your mentor says about it. Did he write anything around it in one of his books? Let me hear what my mentor says. Or is there any teaching you, you, you ask around? Has pastor ever taught on such a subject? People tell you, yes, he did. If there is no CD readily available, you look for who has the notes of that message which was preached in 2012. Do you have notes for 2012? Somebody who is well organized will tell you that I keep all my notes in a safe place. There is a suitcase where I pile all my hard covers. So I, I will look for it. And they find it. That it was preached in June of 2012. The message on capacity. Pastor taught on capacity. You read the notes. Ah, this is what I'm supposed to do. That is mentorship. You take seriously what your mentor says. You glean principles of life from his teachings. Say, ah, this is how he handles his wife. Wow. I know my wife is a bit troubles, more troublesome than other women, but I will try. Because my mentor does not whip his wife. Does not, because some brothers are wife beaters. Many times it's because they have no mentors. So wife beating is tormenting them. I have had men come to me and say, Pastor, if it was not for the teachings you give us on marriage, this last week I would have hammered my wife. But hey, the way you talk about this, Pastor, <laughs> you can't even think of beating your wife. That's mentorship. But if your wife says, hey, pastor said you should not be beating us. I, I don't care what pastor says. As for you, I have to beat you. You are too troublesome. You are not like pastor's wife. She is quiet. But you, you are too talkative. I will hit you. Then you are not a mentee. You are not a mentee. You are not a mentee. You are not a genuine mentee. That is why you are being tormented. Lift your hands. Father, give me grace to submit to my mentor. Lift your voice, everyone. Help me locate my mentors and give me grace to submit to them. Help me locate my mentors, my mentors spiritually, my mentors in career. Lord, I need a mentor. I don't want to be tormented. I need a mentor. I need a mentor. Lord, open my eyes unto mentorship. In the name of Jesus.
You said you shall give us mentors. Jeremiah chapter 3, verses 15 to 16. You said you will give us pastors that shall feed us with knowledge and understanding. And we shall increase and be multiplied in the land. Father, we pray. Help us to yield and to submit to our mentors. The people you give us to mentor us. Thank you, mighty God. In Jesus' precious name. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. I know our time is up, but three things I have to do very quickly. Genesis 26 and verse number 13. We have to fulfill this requirement in our services as laid by the Holy Spirit. The man began to prosper. And the man continued to prosper. Until he became very prosperous. Three things I want us to pray about. We'll have to combine everything because of time. Otherwise, in the other services, we looked at each separately. There are three powers that I want us to pray for concerning our lives. Number one is power to start. Power to begin. The Holy Spirit was saying there's quite a number in our midst that have dreams, plans, projects, things they want to do, but they are failing to start. They need grace to start their projects, to start their businesses, to start implementing their plans. They have those desires, they have those projects and dreams, but they are failing to start. But thank God because of Isaac, as for him, he began to prosper. We are going to pray for power to start. How many have got things they want to start? Now listen, you are going to pray, Father, give me power to what? Power to start. This power, as you pray, will drive you to start. God will open doors and bring the required resources, the required speed, the required drive for you to start what you have to start. Number two, the Bible says he continued prospering. We're going to pray for power to continue. Father, when I start, let me never stop. Until I accomplish what I have to accomplish. There are so many people who started very well, but they were interrupted on the way. The business collapsed. The construction project stopped. It is no longer progressing because of the attacks of the enemy. There is no money. There are no finances, no resources. So the project could not continue. But we're going to pray for power to continue. Power, God, give me grace, anointing, fire, and power to continue. When I start something, it must continue. What I'm already doing, it must continue. Well, I've ever prayed with people who never stay on a job. They never stay in the workplace. They get employed. Some of them, they only serve their probationary service. Period. And they tell them, you, we cannot confirm you because we are not satisfied with your performance. And sometimes without any periodic assessment, feedback assessments where they 
could actually have told them to say, we want you to improve here. It's only one and last assessment, and they tell them, we don't need you here. That's what I call interruptions. Marriage that started very well. Somewhere along the way, things collapsed. Business is the same thing. There are some people, every good thing that starts in them never survives. But in your case, you're going to pray for power to continue. Number one, power to start. Number two, power to continue. Let, let this power, so power dimension number one is power to start. Power dimension number two, power to continue. And number three, the Bible says he continued to prosper until he became very prosperous. That is power for completion. Power to finish well. Jesus is called the Alpha and the Omega. He's not only Alpha, sir. He's also the Omega. There is the beginning, so there is power to begin. And then the end, power to finish. So you're going to pray, Father, give me Omega power. Power to Omega. Power to finish. And power to finish well. Are you ready to pray for these three powers over your life? Lift your voice, everybody. Pray like a warrior. Pray as if you mean it. Pray with stamina. Pray seriously. Pray loudly. Lift your voice and pray. Father, give me power. Power to begin. Power to start. I must start what I must start. My business, my career. I refuse to keep postponing. I refuse any kind of procrastination. Lord, give me grace to start. 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 How many are praying grace to start, grace to continue? There is something I'm already doing. Father, give me grace to continue. To continue, to continue, to continue, to continue, to continue. Grace, 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 grace. Grace to finish well. 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 Grace to finish. Grace to finish. Where to start. Grace to finish. Where I start. Grace to complete. 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 Where I start. In Jesus' precious name, we have prayed. Hallelujah. I believe I have accomplished my assignment. Your life will never be the same. What you must start this time around, you shall start it. What must continue will continue in your life. Amen. Whatever you must finish, you shall finish it well. Amen. I said you shall finish it well. Amen. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Somebody put your hands together for the King of Kings. Come on everyone, give the Lord a loud shout of praise. Appreciate God for what has done in our life in the name of Jesus. Everyone, appreciate him.
magnify him, give him praise, give him glory in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. We bless you. We magnify your holy name in Jesus' name. Amen. Everyone lift up two hands in the name of Jesus. May God bless you in the name of Jesus. Amen. May his face shine before you in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. What God has done in our life is permanent in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Go and dominate in the name of Jesus. Amen. Go and succeed in the name of Jesus. Amen. If you came here oppressed, I decree you are delivered in the name of Jesus. If you came here sick, I decree you are healed in the name of Jesus. The anointing of this service has changed your status in the mighty name of Jesus. Has in the name of Jesus. Has you come on Sunday or Thursday, you shall come with the testimony in the mighty name of Jesus. Has in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Psalm 23, verse 6. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Let's put our hand together for Jesus. Hallelujah.